Thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of the first day of 2023, January 1st, and is preached by Brother Ryan Smith. Let's get into the Word together. Here again is Ryan Smith. Good morning. I have just a few opening comments. Um, Number one, as I say almost every time I'm here, if something goes wrong from this point on, y'all chose me. (laughs) I didn't ask, but it was offered, so I took it. You've chosen me to be the one to bring in the new year, and I'm very thankful for it. I'm thankful to have the opportunity, not just to preach, but to, uh, to have the opportunity here. Uh, as you know, uh, I come uh, to the knowledge of this place through Miss Chris and Brother Ken, and I know that they're uh, still looked, looked upon. But in my time here, there's been some things that I've been invited to that I just can't get off my mind, quite honestly, um, preferably the chili cook-offs. And I just want to let you know that I found out a secret during Sunday school of what one of those chilies were, and so I plan on putting putting my chili in next next week or next year. So that being said, you've chosen me to be here, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, The maiden voyage of of preaching, if you will. And so, with that being said, uh, welcome to the Titanic. Um, Y'all chose me, okay? So. That being said, uh, this morning is a difficult morning for some of us. Um, this morning is quite possibly what we could call a, a new start to a, to a new life. Uh, we can say this is our restart for some of us. We might not be thinking anything at all about this morning. It's just another day. Uh, we kind of treat it like a birthday. Um, it's just a reminder that we keep getting older. Amen. Where, where others like me will take this opportunity to, to, make, a, to make a new goal that, uh, that I'm probably going to break uh, during lunch. Um, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, but for me, it's, it's difficult this morning, and the reason being is because last night I was scrolling through Facebook like a lot of us do and just trying to get your mind to go empty before... Uh, before the night is out, and and my wife had throughout the day had told me, hey, someone so, someone got got killed in in Idabel. Now I was a youth pastor in Idabel for four years before coming to the children's home, and um, I finally and and she was just telling me through passing, so please don't take it as if I, I don't look at those things seriously. But uh, let's face it, death comes everywhere, amen. And death is no respecter of person. Uh, but we found out that one of uh, one of the kids that was in the youth group while I was there as the youth pastor uh, was killed. He and another he and another young man. He was 19. The young man he was with was 14, and uh, they were both shot and killed. Um, very, very difficult situation. You can say uh, wrong spot, wrong time. You can say. Um, 
shouldn't have been there in the first place. There's a number of things that you can say. With it being only just a little over 24 hours, I, I really don't want to say too much, but I really would like us to think about um, the parents of that child. And the reason why I do that is because right now their minds are held captive to a very sad thought. The gifts that they bought their son will never be used to its full extent by the one they intended it to be used by. Uh, quite possibly, uh, for the rest of the year, for the rest of their life, uh, they will think every day upon their son. Uh, very difficult. Where me, I was, I was the youth pastor there for four years, and he was, he was a kid in the youth group, and I remember him uh, very well. Um, my life is going to be uh, different than theirs will be. And quite honestly, like all of us, we, we pray we never have to think that way. But their minds are held captive, and our minds, too, are held captive by things that have happened to us in the past. And, and, and let's face it, um, regardless whether you have been affected by death or not, can we say that our lives are different than the way it was two years ago? Three years ago. Four years ago. For me, the worst year of my entire life was 2015, when, when my parents had passed away, when my foster mom had passed away, when my mentor in the faith had passed away. All, all in the same year, that, that year has affected me uh, even to this day, even to this very morning. Our minds are held captive by many things, and as I had discussed this morning, for this mom, for this dad, their minds are held captive by grief. It might have been started not just by grief, but through anger. The thoughts to come afterwards, after the body has been, has been buried, the thoughts that come after to see what happens, retaliations. And then, of course, from anger and grief, we, we learn of depressions. And that, too, affects us. Amen? But the verse that I have chosen for this morning comes out of Jeremiah, uh, verse 29. And it's a familiar verse, but I pray you just be patient with me as we go through this. Uh, I'm not going to say anything that hasn't been stated from this pulpit before. There have been a, many a great men that stood behind this pulpit here that has stood on this, on, uh, this stage, if you will, that have spoken many great things and, and many greater than mine. But uh, the words that I'd like to speak to you, do it does come from the heart. These verses were chosen long before this, this young man had passed away. But if you will, if you're able to, uh, let us stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 29. going to be in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse verse 10 for thus saith the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon I will visit you and perform my good work toward you and causing you to return to this place for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall, shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. 
And ye shall seek me and find me, and when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we come to you. I want to thank you for your blessings. I thank you so much for the opportunity that you have allowed all of us to be here this morning, to be able to fellowship with one another, to be able to gaze on one another's smiles, Lord, to be happy to see one another, Lord, to be happy to be able to uh, go into uh, our Sunday school services as well, Lord, to be able to worship together corporately, uh, God, as, as a church. Lord, we're, we're thankful for it. God, I'm very thankful to be a guest here, but Lord, I pray that uh, my words uh, are not, I pray that my words are not geared toward any type of flattering or glory for myself, Lord, but I pray that these words would enter into our hearts, including my own. Lord, even in, and even in preparing this, God, my heart burned. And I just pray, Lord, that the things that your Holy Spirit will reveal to us will also have an impact uh, on my life as well and those under the sound of my voice. Lord, it's a privilege to be able to be here. Lord, there are many churches out there that may not be in session this morning. But Lord, wherever your called are, wherever your children are, Lord, I pray that you put a special blessing on their hearts and a burden upon their souls that they may serve you and love this world, that they might reach them, that they might tell them about you and your son, Jesus. Lord, it's in Jesus' name that we pray all these things. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. Uh, we come to a point here to where uh, I, read these, I, I read these small verses from 29, but I'd really like to give you an idea of, of why these verses are even here. Uh, we come to a point to where Jeremiah has written a letter uh, to the children of Israel while they were in Babylon, and, and, and the children of Israel were following a man named Hananiah, and Hananiah uh, was not a very good prophet, if you will. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I say not a very good prophet, uh, he lied to the people. Now, let, let me ask you this. You don't have to raise your hand, uh, but you ever been lied to before? I'm just going to raise my hand. You ever been the one to lie? I'm going to raise my hand too. Bunch of liars in here, I'm telling you. <clears throat> but nonetheless, though, uh, he lied to the people, and uh, I know we just read those verses, but if you can, just backtrack a little bit to, to chapter 28, verse 15, uh, because when he lied to the people, he told them, he said, uh, don't worry, the, 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 the chains of Babylon will be broken and you'll be free within two years. Uh, one thing I've learned, don't put a time limit on God. We have no right to do so. He, uh, we think completely differently than the way he thinks. We are not uh, the person that should go out and do the things that he does or even attempt to because once we do, guess what we're going to do? We're going to mess it up. But this man here, he felt the need to do so and the Lord was quick uh, to tell him where he needed to go. And I'll just, I'll just read this for you. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 15, it says, And then, then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from, the, from off the face of the earth this year that thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. Now, what do you think happened after, after that? Do you think Hananiah lived a pretty good long life? Nope. Verse 17 says, So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. 
what God says goes. Amen? Now, a lot of times we like to hear about that revenge. We like to hear about that, that vengeance that God has, especially when it, when it gets personal, when it pertains to us, especially when it comes down to the time to where we're the ones that get to see uh, the, the, the greatest uh, gift ever, and that would be um, we get to see ourselves redeemed because God did something bad to somebody else. Doesn't seem right, does it? It doesn't at all. A lot of times when we're angered, we're angered um, simply because someone has done something wrong to us and we deserve an apology. And sometimes that anger feels good. Sometimes that anger feels, feels righteous, uh, but it's not. We have no right to, to tell anybody what the Lord should do to them. The, the Lord, he does that. And here we are, Jeremiah, he writes this letter to, to uh, who's left in Babylon after this false prophet has been, uh, well, after he died, killed, if you will. And he writes some words that are very interesting. Now, picture this. Like the mom and the dad who are held captive by their thoughts this very morning, uh, the children of Israel are held captive and more than just a thought process, it's a physical thing. They have been taken from their homes. Uh, everything that they had worked for, it has just gone to naught. Uh, can you imagine working uh, hours and hours and hours on end just for a, a tornado to come through and just tear up everything? And all of a sudden you feel, well, this, this is worthless. Jeremiah writes to a people that trusted a man, and all of a sudden, after this man made a, made a false prophecy, he died can't tell you exactly how long this letter was from the time that he died, but what I can tell you is, is uh, Jeremiah's prophecy was slightly different, but it was godly. And what do we do in a world that's full of chaos and has us held captive? Maybe this morning you're held captive by your sin. Maybe this morning you feel that you just don't have any time whatsoever to, 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 to study your Bible, to pray to the Lord because we're too busy maybe putting things in front of him. Um, don't think that I'm speaking to you alone. I, I know for a fact that this is me as well. How many of us are held captive by anger? How many of us are held captive um, by frustration? How many of us are held captive just by the TV? Absolutely. And to make matters worse, technology, as much as we really do care about technology, um, now we have a TV in our hand, and we're able to watch it at any time that we want to, and God forbid anything that pops up within your hand. If I, if I just may say this, uh, there, there, was a, there was an author who wrote um, The Dangers of Technology in This Age, and, and he said this, it's quicker, for, it's quicker for somebody to look up pornography than it is to go and get a glass of milk from the refrigerator. Amen. When beforehand, if one wanted to do such a thing, they'd have to go to the gas station and make that awkward appearance. No, technology has made a lot of things a lot easier. People are held captive by what we surround ourselves with and what we surround ourselves by. Um, sometimes captivity isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes we should be held captive by the Lord. But we don't allow that to happen most times. And Jeremiah, he writes to the people that are held captive uh, in Babylon. And if I may begin over in, in verse 4, it says this. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. 
So he's speaking to these ones that are held captive. And, and when we're held captive, especially in a, in a bad situation, a lot of times, as I've already mentioned, anger comes out, frustration, grief, depression, um, hatred would even come out. Uh, a lot of times we find ourselves engulfed in this, sometimes because uh, we've actually sought for it, other times because it just kind of came across and somehow we got involved and we're not really sure how we got involved, but it still happened. Uh, Jeremiah, he, he writes to these people and, and he begins to talk to them in a more realistic sense. And, and this is where we're going to be getting our, our three points this morning. And uh, how do we live in a world full of chaos where we feel that we're captive? How do we live in a world where every morning we wake up, we just don't want to wake up? We don't want to go to work. And, and don't get excited. Uh, everyone knows that if we had Mondays off, we'd complain about Tuesdays. So it has nothing to do with Monday. Don't get excited about Friday because if you had Thursday off, you'd be excited on Wednesday. Uh, it, listen, life happens. And the first thing that we learn from Jeremiah here as, as these people are in, are, are in captivity and these people are trying to figure out exactly where to go, where to turn, he gives three very simple instructions. And, and the first one we see through here is live your life. Just live. Now, I know that that seems very simple. And I know right now you may be thinking, well, duh. But read the words that, that he says. In verse 5, he says, Build your houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, and that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. Live your life. Now, I'm not going to ask you how many people were upset with, you know, presidential elections or just elections in general. But do you know that there's people that actually have to take anxiety medicine because of the way things turn out? There's decisions that are being made that even though we want to have a part in it, most times uh, we really don't have a whole lot of say in it. Regardless of how strong you think about a situation, it still may be voted the other way and there's nothing that we can do about it. But yet we get ourselves so tightened up around this ball of, of, of anxiety and frustration and, and, and even fear that we forget the simple basic instruction that Jeremiah tells uh, the captives here. Even though you're living in captivity, live your life. It was the missionary Jim Elliott that said this, wherever you are, be all there. Be all there. And how do we live our life? Well, here he, uh, if you just see the way he's describing it, he says, go build a house. By the way, if anybody wants to build me a house, I'll, I'll take it. He says, he says, build a house, dwell in them, plant gardens and eat them. Now, for us Baptists, we get excited about that. He says, go ahead and go eat. It'll be all right. Uh, we, we see other things here, but, but we learn later on in the Bible what, how we should live, even whether we're in captivity or whether we're not. In Micah 6, 8, he, he tells us three things, and I won't ask you to turn to them, but in Micah 6, 8, the first thing he, he tells us is to, to, to live justly. Do what is right. Now, for those of you that are adults, if you don't know what is right, there might be a little bit more of a problem. James 4, 17, and I'll paraphrase, it says, uh, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's pretty simple to do right. 
Sometimes you have to make an effort to do wrong. You ever, you ever worked at a place to where you, you realized that in order to get fired, you had to make an effort to get fired? You ever worked at a place where you wish someone made the effort to get fired? Don't look around. Live your life. Live in a way that's honoring to God. Live justly. Just do what is right. The, the, the next thing that we see here that, that he says in living is uh, love mercy. Seek kindness. Now, how do, we, how do we do that? How do we actually seek kindness in our lives when, when, when there's so many people that do so many things against us? There's, there's so many people that, 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 that actually make an effort to offend us. Have you ever uh, dealt with someone that made the effort to offend you? Whew. My wife does it sometimes. She's giving me the look right now. She's trying to offend me. Um, we all have lived uh, in a way that that, that has happened. We're not, we're not innocent in that people. Now, we may be a little bit innocent now, but uh, throughout our lives, there's been times that we've been guilty of that. Uh, but when it comes down to loving mercy, um, here's the best way to love mercy. When you begin to treat people with the same form of mercy that God has given you. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to live a life like that, you're going to have to live in a way of not remembering people's sin against you. You're going to have to. If you're going to seek mercy, if you're going to be kind to one another, the only way to do that is to treat them as if they've never sinned against you at all. Now, that doesn't mean don't keep up your guard. Because there are some times that we have to. Amen? But when we begin to treat people as if they've never sinned against us before, I believe somewhere in the Bible it says that it's like heaping hot coals upon their head. Because we're doing something that the rest of the world isn't doing. There's a reason why God tells us to be separated. And in order for us to be separated, we have to make an effort to do things differently. And so he says to uh, live justly. He says to love mercy. And then he also says to walk humbly. And, and, and let, me, let me just say this. I'm not saying walk around and, and you know, arch your chest out. And I'm not saying you know, put, your, put your hands on here and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm humble. I'm, I'm this and I'm that. Um, that's not what humble is. Let me tell you what humble is. Humbleness doesn't have a scoreboard. It doesn't keep track of how many times you've been humble. It doesn't keep track of anything like that. But as a matter of fact, it actually does this. Um, humbleness, humbleness is being acceptable to the wrongdoing that you may have done. Being openly, admittingly, to it that maybe you've made a mistake. At this point, y'all might be thinking maybe we've made a mistake asking them to come up here, but that's on you, not me. But living your life being willing to admit and accepting responsibility that you may have made a mistake in whatever it may be. Maybe you didn't get a story just right that you were telling somebody, but it had a great importance and, and grave consequences. Maybe... Um, Maybe it's the things that you do in your own personal time when no one else is watching. It follows through with integrity. Live your life in a way that's humble to people. Don't be afraid to reach out to those 
Don't be afraid to love on people. Regardless of what you think they're guilty of, you might be that one person that changes their mindset just by being kind to them. The next thing that that we see here, if you take a look at verse 7, it says, And seek peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and, I, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. Uh, the next thing it tells us, not just to live, very simply, uh, but to love. And that's exactly what we've been talking about with the point before. But now, I, I, I just really want to emphasize something here. Um, if someone has done you wrong, if you want to be separated like the Bible tells us to, you need to be the first one to offer forgiveness. Why is it so hard to offer forgiveness? Well, because you're owed an apology. You're owed uh, something that, that, that you have, someone has done wrong to you, and now all of a sudden they owe you something. And, and, and a lot of times that's how lawsuits go. I won't take an apology, but I'll take your money. Um, boy, that's the case in this world. We look at things in a way that um, where our thoughts are aggressive and are quick to think, I deserve this, and I deserve that. Uh, notice, notice what it says. It says, uh, and seek peace of the city. Now, I made the comment that life has been different. It's been different for the last two years. Uh, we can say COVID, but not just COVID. Our, our world is, uh, man, our world got sensitive, didn't it? It's been about as sensitive as a baby's bottom. And sometimes it stinks thereof as well. We, we don't choose, I'm going to regret saying this, but sometimes we just let that bottom stink instead of taking the initiative to clean. And I'm just letting you know, a lot of us, including me, have allowed our lives to stink because we choose not to clean it up. It's not my problem. I didn't do it. We choose not to do things like that. Now, if it says here, love your city, let, let, me, let me explain what it's talking about. He's not saying love Jerusalem because Jeru you, you'll live in Jerusalem one day again. No, 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 no. It's saying love Babylon, the city in which you live in because you are held captive in Babylon. Well, this is backwards. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't love the sinners. We shouldn't love this. We shouldn't. Well, then how else are we supposed to reach them if we don't love on them? How else are we supposed to, to change the lives of others if, if we're never around them? We live in a world where everything is sensitive, and unfortunately, a lot of our churches, uh, we live a life saying, let's stay away from anyone who drinks. Let's stay away from anyone with tattoos. Let's stay away from anyone that comes even near a cigarette. Well, if you feel that way, pack up the minivan and drive to Utah and build a bunker underneath the ground and stay there till the Lord comes back. But if you want to love on people and you want to reach the world like the Great Commission wants us to do, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to come in contact with some of these people. And you're going to have to love on whoever walks through these double doors. You're going to have to love whoever, whoever meets you in Sunday school because, it, it, well, Mr. Bruce, he, he said it, I believe it was, this morning. Um, if you're going to go out and witness, don't be ashamed when they follow you to church. Because at that point, they're going to look at two different types of people that they were dealing with. 
They're going to look at the person that says, oh, I love you, come to church. And then they're going to look at the other person that says, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of glad you're here. There are seats in the back there or maybe back there. Don't, you might not want to come over here. Or maybe when they come, they're like, oh, well, you're in my seat. This morning uh, I pulled in right behind a young lady, and, and, and she pulled into the spot that I was going to, and, and uh, she got out of the vehicle, and I said, now, young lady, you're in my spot. I was just trying to make a joke, but she was pretty serious about moving that vehicle. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm just Baptist. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we need to love in the world that God placed us in. Jim Elliott, and, and I'm going to say it again, wherever you're at, be all there. Our world is never going to change unless we're the ones to change it. I'd like to I'd like to share a word with you, a word that's very common, uh, especially uh, nowadays. You might have seen it on shows. Uh, you might have seen it through uh, some missionaries that uh, may have gone to uh, Israel and all of that. But I'd like to introduce you to a word that you may already know about, and and that word is simply shalom. Can you say that back to me, shalom? shalom. Y'all pitiful. Shalom. shalom. All right. Shalom. Peace, to prosper. You see, here, the Lord told Jeremiah to write these words, and he says, and seek peace. Seek peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord, for in the peace thereof, ye, you, shall have peace. Later on in scripture, Jesus will be the one to say that we're the light of the world. A candle sit on top of a, of a table. A candle sit on a hill. Salt of the earth. He's talking about us if we seek the Lord. And he will guide us. And so we see that Jeremiah tells us to just live your life. We see he says love. If I may mimic a preacher, well, not mimic, but quote a preacher, um, Chuck Swindoll. Now, don't, he, he's, he's a different affiliation, but he says this. He says, I hope you live your life in a way that at the very end of it, you don't remember the name of one person that has wronged you. I struggle with that. Do you struggle with that? Until I can fully let go of those names. And I'm not saying forget in a sense of what he's talking about is forget the fact that they wronged you. Uh, last night we celebrated the new year coming in. What's the famous song uh, that is sung? Uh, Auld Lang Syne. It says, should all acquaintances be forgotten? Now, don't, don't get excited. That doesn't mean the people you run into at Walmart. Um, what that means is, is all the situations that you've gone through in this last year, those very difficult situations, may you forget those situations. And if I may just add to it, may you forget the names of those that have hurt you and may you turn around and love on them. And it's for that that I struggle also. And if I struggle, I would imagine you do too. So we see live. We see love. 
And lastly, I turn your attention to the verse that we read, where the last instruction is to look. Let us read it again for verse 10 of chapter 29. For thus saith the Lord that after... Seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work toward you in causing you to return to this place. Uh, how long do we have to deal with these people? How long do we have to deal with sinners? How, why is it that the rich just keep getting more rich? Why is it that the poor keep, uh, keep coming up short? Why is it that the sinners are the ones that drive around in really nice vehicles? By the way, if you have a really nice vehicle, it's not against you, just in general. Okay? Why is it that, that those that don't go to church seem to prosper more than those that do? Why, is it that, why does it seem that those that don't go to church uh, have a life full of friends and excitement and joy and every time you're on Facebook or Instagram or wherever it be, they're somewhere in another country and you're trying to figure out where they got the money to do so? They don't go to church. How come I don't get any of that? How come the Lord doesn't bless me with that? I'm the one that's serving. Uh, listen, sinners will always be sinners. And, and, and even the Bible says that sinners, as long as they're on this earth, they're going to continue to increase in wealth. They'll continue to increase in popularity. And, and what's it say for the believers? Well, we're going, to be, we're going to be persecuted. And we're going to be hurt. And we're going to struggle. And we're going to, we're, we're going to just reach the bottom of the barrel just to look up. We're going to be making ends meet. And, and, and though you may not be making ends meet right now, it, it might not be a term about money. It might be a term about your spiritual life. Why do these things continue to happen to us? And how long do we have to deal with it? Let, uh, let me just make one thing. For those of you that are over the age of 68, you're blessed. Every year that we live, the life expectancy of a human continues to go down. I, I believe the last time I looked, it was at 64. Um, do not raise your hand. I don't want to know if you're 64 or not. Um, but there's a number that's given here. What's it say in verse 10? For thus saith the Lord, after 70 years. Y'all, for us, that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime. My father passed away at 60. That means I'm only 20 years to him. Doesn't mean I'm going to pass away then. I hope not. But if the Lord calls me home, that's what it is. But uh, they're going to go through this captivity for 70 more years. Y'all, what I'm trying to tell you is, is the struggles that you have right now, you're going to continue to go through them, okay? And it's going to be hard. And it's going to be difficult. And you're going to be, when you get to heaven, you might slide in there like a third baseman, being all dirty, your, your legs are all torn up, you can barely move, you're sore. And the moment you close your eyes and you open them again, the Lord gives you this beautiful new body and you stand before him. But not until we go through some things. And so here's what he says. He says, I'll return you to this place, being what they believe to be Jerusalem. And from a literal sense of, of, of this scripture, that, that, that is true, but it also has a spiritual sense because look at verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. May I ask you today what your thoughts are of peace? 
what's that, what's that thought that brings that warmness to your stomach? I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about something serious. When you think about peace, maybe, maybe it's heaven. What do you think about when you think about heaven? Now, I'll be the first one to say the textbook answer is what? We get to see the Lord face to face and we get to worship him for all eternity, right? But what else do we think about? We think about those that have gone on before us. We think about the warm hug of maybe a, maybe a parent, maybe a loved one, maybe a friend. We think about all of that being joined together again. And, 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 and from, this, from this verse here, we know that he's talking to the captives of Israel. But, but, but why wouldn't it make sense for us as well? Because when it comes down to his thoughts, he knows us. He knows us by name. And he knows the thoughts that he has for us. He doesn't know just your thoughts, but he knows his thoughts that he has for us. And what does it say? It says this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What do you expect your end will be? A lot of times we like to take this and we like to say, oh, well, you know, good things are coming soon. Good things are coming soon. Well, what about for those that won't see the fruition of their works until they get to heaven? Why did you get saved to begin with? Not just to get away from hell and spend eternity in heaven, but to have a relationship with Christ. And it's an expected end, but it goes further than that. In verse 12, and and I'm closing with this. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me. When ye shall search for me with all your heart. And then in verse 14, we close with this. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into this place whence I caused you to be carried captive. Y'all, there's a wonderful, wonderful thing to look forward to. We can look forward to heaven. We can look forward to seeing our Savior face to face. But let me just say this. We are the ones to introduce people to Jesus. We are the ones that are to be led by the Holy Spirit to go out and reach the people. If we are to do that, we have to break some of our own barriers. We have to go out. We have to love this city. We have to live our lives in a way that would be honoring to the Lord. But uh, in order to do that, we have to get a little bit dirty sometimes. This year was a rough year for some. This year ended in a way that some never thought possible. But now that we begin a new year, I beg of you to consider what the Lord would have for you this morning. With this new year comes new change. And it might just be another day, but... Let me put it into perspective. This is the last day that will ever be this way. And tomorrow will be the last day that will ever be that way. No day is the same. And every day comes with change. Some change happens in an instant. Well, others, it's more of a gradual, gradual change. 
Where were you two years ago? Where were you in your spiritual life? Are you held captive this morning by the thoughts of anger, frustration, sadness, maybe even just a busy schedule? It's time to make time for the Lord and see where he will lead us in this new year. As our musicians come up, I ask that we would stand. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Word Podcast. Our hope is that this message will help you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.